In Louis Theroux's new film, My Scientology Movie, the Church of Scientology doesn't give him access to the key leaders or the buildings themselves, which sounds like quite the obstacle for a documentarian. So Theroux does the next best thing. He hires actors to recreate well-documented scenes in Scientology's history. All the while, the actual church seems to be keeping tabs on him. Theroux has worked with Michael Moore, and his projects have often focused on interesting subcultures, everything from the KKK to the Westboro Baptist Church. Louis, thank you so much for joining me. Where, where did your interest in Scientology, of all things, come from as the focus of your latest documentary? I, I, from, as, from as early as my late teens, um, I'd heard about Scientology. And I think partly to do, uh, due to its secrecy, you know, one of the main things about Scientology is they have a well-earned reputation for being secretive, uh, that they don't really let media in. And that leads to all kinds of rumors and mysterious stories and, and, uh, about it flourishing. And so um, that led to me being interested. And then I um, I think, in addition, you know, I'm a, I'm a sort of uh, student of American culture in, in general, and my dad is American, and I was fascinated by the Americanness of Scientology. It's it's being you know created by a science fiction writer in the mid 20th century, L. Ron Hubbard, that it was um, so active in recruiting young actors in Hollywood, and um, and just the and then and then as you delve deeper, it's the allegations that there are misdeeds being being done under its name. So, so I, the fascination that I have for it is very much longstanding. So, one of the uh, main premises of the film is that the Church of Scientology refuses to talk to you, and I wonder if, as you're going through the project. Uh, part of me thinks you have to be frustrated as a filmmaker, but part of me playing devil's advocate here says maybe the church was right not to talk to you. I mean, they got to keep their mystery and I'm not sure what the advantage would have been on their end to talk to you. So like, what's your argument to the church as to why they should talk to you? Um, well, I think I, you know, I don't know that I'd argue that they, they should talk to me in a, in a, in a sense, but because, um, it goes to the heart of what they believe that they don't talk to media in general. And, 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 you know, I could argue the merits of why they should speak to me, but it would be sort of like saying to a Muslim, you know, you really should try bacon. It's delicious, you know, especially with eggs. You know, wh where does that conversation lead? It's a sort of uh, pointless exercise in one sense, although, you know, bacon definitely is delicious <laughs> to my mind. Um, the thing about Scientology is it's not just me they wouldn't talk to. They wouldn't talk to uh, virtually any media, at least in any sort of an open or trusting way. Um, I think the argument for people in general to talk to media is that you get your side out. You know, you get your version of events across. Um, most recently, we've seen Leah Remini's got a series on TV, and you just sort of watch those uh, episodes and think, Gosh, what, why does Scientology, you know, it would make so much more sense if they would just uh, put their, their version out there, you know, but it's not in the DNA of the religion to do so. Do you think it would that they sometimes have to weigh, you know, we could keep the mystery and just kind of convince our followers, look, everyone who's talking trash about us, they have a bone to pick with us. So we're not going to acknowledge that. Um, so if you want to hear our side of the story, you know, give us money, but 
at the same time, they have to weigh that against having only negative stories, it seems, come out on their end. I think, you know, I think with Scientology, uh, there's several things you have to separate out. So one of the things is they have a business model that relies on holding back aspects of what they call the tech, their religious teachings. So in order to advance in Scientology, you pay more money and you learn more about the secrets at the heart of Scientology. Uh, but beyond that, it's the fruit of a rather paranoid mindset, which is Oron Hubbard's mindset. Now, you could argue, by the way, that you know all religions are in some way, um, you know, manifestations of the beliefs of uh, you know uh, charismatic personalities who are at best kind of different, and you know, at worst, borderline psychotic. You know, talking to invisible beings and having a direct relationship with a supernatural entity, and so forth. Um, but with Scientology in particular, you have L. Ron Hubbard, who um, who basically was he, he had a sort of he, you know, he was at the height of the Cold War was when he was developing his ideas. He had this um, he, he had an attitude of paranoia and secrecy towards the world in general. And then when the world, as it were, turned its back on or regarded him as a sort of fringe figure, that just confirmed him, I suppose, in his in his outlook and led to them um, having a sort of, I guess, a bunker mentality, a mentality that what they have is so precious and special that uh, there is no hope of, of anyone in the media talking to them on the terms on which they wish to be talked about, which is that they have all the answers for all the problems plaguing humanity, you know, for the last 10,000 years. Do you, it sounds very similar to things we've seen in the Mormon church, where you're not allowed to go into the temple to witness certain ceremonies unless you actually are a believer. But every now and then, some of those ceremonies leak out, and people see it, and it's you have to wonder why they keep it so secret, because... They have all the answers. Wouldn't they want people to know about it? Well, but you have to separate the secret ceremonies. And that's one. I, I sort of res, I, I respect that. I understand that there is a sort of there's a theatrical, mysterious, you know, cryptic side to religion that um, probably, you know, does deserve some uh, secrecy and mystery around it. But then there's also like as far as I know, the Mormon church does talk to reporters, right? And they do give access, you know, if someone does a series about Mormonism, they will, the, the Church of Latter-day Saints will put up a, an expert to discuss what they believe and what it's all about. I have not seen a spokesperson um, for Scientology appear anywhere on TV uh, to give an interview in the last, I would say, 10 years, with the single exception of Karen uh, no, uh, there's a lawyer who I think, Karen Pound, who's this media liaison, doesn't do interviews. I mean, that's baffling on the face of it. And then there was most recently, I think they, they put someone forward who was a lawyer. Um, I can't remember. I think name is something like uh, Monica Ling or something like that. And she's not even a Scientologist. So, so huh. I mean, you can't really explain that in terms of we're trying to preserve the mystique because our membership needs to uh, be able to uh, have their beliefs kind of held back so that they can, you know, experience them in a dramatic and, and mysterious setting. It, it's, it's something else. And what it is, is that, that they, they just don't believe the media is capable of saying anything truthful about Scientology. 
So with that in mind, when you see all, uh, you mentioned Leah Remini's series, uh, we've, there was an HBO documentary, New Yorker piece. Um, what effect do you think all of these pieces, your film included, has on the Church of Scientology? Is it giving them more cachet as this place no one can seem to get access to or that they're persecuted? Or well, is it exposing in, their lives? I think there's something in the idea that... Um, that, that it creates a cachet. And certainly for people like myself, um, in an odd way, it contributes to a, a sense of excitement and, and a sort of thrilling, a mysterious and thrilling aspect, which for me uh, is part of the appeal, as I mentioned. And also that it, it's, not, it's not just, we've got to remember, it's not just that they don't give the access. They actually do provide a kind of access, but it's a negative access which they give, which is that they come after reporters. They, they, they tail, harass, and intimidate those people that they view as enemies. And so in making my film, my um, secret hope wasn't just that I would sort of um, you know, be able to investigate a, a, a rather covert and mysterious religion. It was also that they would do what they're well-documented as doing, which was uh, that they would start investigating me. And as it turned out, you know, uh, about a month into filming, uh, one day I saw a crew across the road who were filming me. And, 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 and I went up to them and sort of said, well, what are you doing here? And they refused to talk to me. And it became clear that Scientology had begun uh, filming me. And later on, I, when I asked them what was going on, you know, in, in, a, in a legal letter, um, in reply to a legal letter they sent, um, their reply was, well, we're making a documentary about you. <laughs> which I loved, you know, because it's like, how many churches could you say uh, that when you do a story about them, their response is not to cooperate with your story, but actually to make another story about you? Yeah, and it you you had to know that was going to happen, right? Because you had heard stories about them doing that to other people. I was hoping it would happen, yeah, because <laughs> I knew it would be. I mean, I knew that of all the stuff that I'd seen on you know in previous documentaries and on the web about Scientology, among the most bizarre and, and interesting, and in its way revealing, is the footage of where they are um, confronting people they view as enemies. And you see these weird standoffs where everyone's filming everyone else and saying, you know, you put your camera down. No, you put your camera down. And also that in general, that re, you know, religions which we think of as being um, sort of uh, magnanimous uh, uh, just, you know, belief systems in which you are encouraged to, to develop empathy or see good in others and, and build a kind of sense of, of the brotherhood of all peoples. You know, and, and in Christianity, we you know, hear the phrase, you know, turning the other cheek if you're, if you're slapped. But in Scientology, it's got this whole other mindset, which is to do with if you see someone who you think is attacking you, you attack them back. It's, it's, it, it's, a, it's a really interesting and um, to me, it's sort of one of the most interesting parts of Scientology, this attitude that there are, there are basically evil people out there who need to be who are called suppressive persons and you have to confront and shatter them. Do they, have they ever done anything when they say, you know, we're videotaping you for our own documentary? Have they ever actually done anything with those videos or like you said, do you think it's just purely intimidation? They're not actually going to do anything with it. Um, I would think, you know, whether or not they will, uh, they certainly have in the past made sh short videos about um, other journalists and documentary makers. And so uh, I think it's sort of 
it remains to be seen because our movie's coming out this week in the United States. And so um, if so they're going to we'll release see. the movie, their movie, I mean, yeah. um, it, w- it, w- it would probably make sense to do it in the next few days. So we'll see. Um, one of the characters in the movie, a real life person in the movie who I found really compelling was Marty Rathburn. He's a former higher up in the church. He works with you throughout the film. And he's, it's really interesting to watch him throughout the film. Cause at one point, uh, I believe he's even just taking a plane to go somewhere. And there are Scientologists who are basically following him at the airport, telling him he's a suppressive person. Um, well, they, they pop up at the airport at, you know, three of them, which seems bizarre that, you know, they would just happen to be there. Plus, they have a track record of confronting him and other ex-members at airports. And it's been alleged that they have access to flight records so that they can basically um, intercept people they view as the enemy. And they begin hurling uh, abuse, abuse that seems to have been almost um, kind of really thought through and and designed to to inflict maximum um, emotional damage. And he captures this on film, too. Well, he has his phone, which yeah. unfortunately seems to have been a pretty old school phone. So it's rather grainy, uh, his footage. But he's filming them, and I think they're filming him. So, yeah. you know, I don't know if they'll ever use their footage. And and um, he's just there. He, he doesn't, so far as you can tell from the footage, he doesn't seem to say anything while they are telling him he looks so old and, and that he's, <laughs> you know, move on with your life. And, 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 and they're just sort of saying things they think will be that will upset him. Um, well, I think one of the hardest things for me to hear from him throughout the film is that uh, I believe near the end, he says it's hard for him to just make friends because even if he invites people to his home, he has this fear that everyone is being surveilled by the church of Scientology. And I wonder if, uh, if you had any more insight into that, because this guy, he left the church and he can't even live a normal life anymore. Well, there's two things to say on that. One, one is that, you know, uh, he, he was also, you know, in addition to being a whistleblower of Scientology, he was intimately involved in the high, at the highest level with Scientology and by his own admission did things that he now uh, regrets. Things that were, um, you know, m- many of the things that we mo- think about as being among the worst things that Scientology does in terms of its use of private investigators and um, using psychological techniques to keep people inside Scientology at a time when um, it's clear that they want to leave and so on and so forth. And I confront him at the climax of the movie with his uh, complicity in um, Scientology, you know, as well as uh, and to sort of make the point, well, the things that he's experiencing now, he at one time did versions of those uh, to other people. The other thing to say on it, though, is that since completing the film, he seems to have uh, almost sued for peace with Scientology. He no longer um, speaks out against Scientology, and he's been more active in speaking out against the movement of anti-Scientology, um, which obviously is kind of fascinating and intriguing. I, I, he, he's not, it's not really clear exactly what has caused that um, change of heart or that t- turn of events on his part. But if you talk to him now, he, I, you know, I don't quite know what he would say, but he's definitely, he, he see he says he sees the anti-Scientology movement as being more cult-like um, 
than the pro-Scientology uh, movement. And, I, I, and, and to your point, I think you, you could say, one, you know, this is pure speculation on my part, but you could say, well, maybe he'd had enough. Maybe he was worn down after years and years of living in a state of paranoia. It, it's really sad that he, he's gone that far. In fact, I think there was a part in the film where, you know, you do a lot of reenactments of, you know, moments in the history of Scientology, and Rathburn actually doesn't want you to use a portrait of L. Ron Hubbard in one of those reenactments. It's almost like an ex-Mormon saying, you know, you can do whatever you want, but just don't make fun of Joseph Smith. It's like, what's, what's with the protection there? Okay, I don't think that's... I, I don't think that's what was going on. I think what it was was, uh, and he was okay with us using the picture in the um, in the reenactment. What he didn't want us to do was after we'd done some Scientology drills, um, was the, to, he didn't want us to applaud the picture, which is something apparently they do in Scientology. You know, you, you kind of say, thank you very much, LRH, L. Ron Hubbard, and you, you clap. He, I think his take was that Scientology has the... Um, capacity to you know although it has things in it that are good which he believes to do with um increasing confidence assertiveness and sort of client-centered therapeutic techniques of a sort that you find in 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 all sorts of kind of um mental health regimens but i think his feeling was that the problem one of the big problems is that any any uh, good that you get from scientology you're supposed to attribute to l ron hubbard in a, in a cult-like way. And so he saw it as, in, as basically uh, uh, dangerous and, and kind of contributing to a, a, a possible um, kind of grooming into cult behavior if we applauded L. Ron Hubbard. He, he saw it as Even a as an of, act. Say again? Even as an act. Even as an act. And I think from his position, he didn't see it as, an, as just a reenactment. He had really done his best to create something he thought was of spiritual value. So he didn't – from my position, I was like, I want to see what this stuff looks like. His, his position was, I think I can do some real stuff with these young actors. And, and actually, you know, we spent maybe seven or eight hours doing drills that Marty had um, presided over, Scientology drills. And, and at the end of it, when I sort of said, well, let's now all – applaud L. Ron Hubbard. I think he felt like you're trivializing something that's quite serious, you know, being the drills that we've done and actually reenacting something offensive, which is, it's not that he respects L. Ron Hubbard. It's more that he has an appreciation of what the damage, the, the potential for damage that could be done in, 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 in sort of um, being in this kind of cult-like mindset. It's funny that you could go through all those drills for hours and yet it's the applause part at the end that, that he was just taken aback by. Yeah, he was annoyed. I think, you know, you could go deeper with this. But, you know, Marty really enjoyed taking part. I'm, I'm, I mean, he, he, he seemed to enjoy taking part in the film because he saw it as an opportunity to almost get his worldview across, which is both sort of has aspects of Scientology in it, but aspects of various other things. And I think he really enjoyed taking these young actors and kind of um, taking them through their paces, imparting something of value, some wisdom that he felt he'd acquired in all his years. And then for me to say, well, this is just a bit for a film, so now let's all applaud in a slightly silly way, he, 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 he kind of, um, he was annoyed by that. And also, there's a sort of tug of war that goes on through the film between him and me. We both, like, you know, like many of my favorite documentaries, in fact, there is a sort of 
a battle over the ownership of the documentary. You know, he, he's pulling in one direction and I'm pulling in the other. And that develops as the film goes on. Do you think if you had started filming today, he would be willing to join you? Or do you think that change of heart that he kind of had in since the filming uh, would have changed him? He would no longer do such a project. He would know. I'm pretty sure he would not do anything like that. Now he, he said several times during film filming that, um, that he was done with it, that this was the last time he'd ever do anything, that he was graduating from the whole subject of either Scientology or anti-Scientology. And, and so I think we caught him at the tail end of this, um, this window that existed for about, I don't know, five years, uh, when he was the most active and most prominent um, kind of expert and ex-member, the most, certainly the most senior ex-member to talk about what happened inside Scientology. And I don't quite know what he's doing now. I think he's probably enjoying his time with his wife and, and, his, and his young kid, but he will not be doing, so far as I expect, any interviews. Do you, what do you think, given all the media that surrounded the Church of Scientology in the past few years, um, I, I can't tell if it's done any damage to the brand, but I wonder, what do you think would be the, the biggest blow to the church if it ever happened. Okay. Well, first of all, I mean, with no disrespect to you, Hemant, yeah. I just don't know how you could not see that it's done damage to the brand. Is it only because it's saying? only because it still exists and I don't know how much money is going in, coming out, whatever. I don't know if they're getting fewer members now than they well, were if before. You said, I mean, based on what we do know, which is that if you say to anyone the word Scientology, they will say, uh, Fruit Loop or UFO yeah. cult or, or I mean, I, I think it's probably other than ISIS, you know, the, the form of Sunni Islam practiced um, in the Islamic State. I can't think of a religion that has a worse press than Scientology. Can you? Uh, I'd be hard pressed to think of a, the bad press. However, um, as an atheist who's written a lot about different religions and stuff, uh, pointing out that religious beliefs or cultish beliefs or what have you are really weird and messed up, uh, it it almost never seems to do the damage I would like to think it does. So the fact that Scientology is still seems to be going fine, I mean, I, I don't know that the public perception, as bad as it is, um, does the damage because they can just write it off and say, well, this is persecution from the suppressive people. They're just out to get us. That means you, the followers, have to be as strong as ever in your beliefs. Well, you know, you make a really interesting point, and I, and I think I agree with you. And, and I almost see it as comparable. You know, a friend of mine who's also interested in Scientology once said, you know, irrespective of what you think about Scientology uh, and, and what they do inside Scientology, it's kind of amazing to be alive during a time when you can witness the birth of a religion. Now, we don't quite know where it will go, but I do know that it's not going to go anywhere um, anytime soon. You know, it, it feels it feels there are too many uh, people who are too committed and, by the way, too willing to, to, to write huge checks to right. Scientology. It opens orgs, what they call ideal orgs, all over the place every year. So, and I sometimes reflect on, you know, the, the Roman Empire and, and its attempts to get rid of Christianity. And they must have thought, well, how many Christians do we have to feed to the lions before they're going to get the message? Not really realizing that actually it's the act of persecution in some respects that seems to galvanize uh, religion, that seems to kind of create its, uh, you know, it, it, it seems to create more dedicated 
followers. Well, that's that's kind of where I'm going with this, which is that, yeah, all of this media, your movie, the, the TV series, all these things seem to be going against the church. And yet I think it would be very easy for them to tell their believers, the people writing those checks, that, look, this is what we're fighting against. It's bigger than ever. So we need even more of your support and dedication. And I wonder, what do you think it would take to actually uh, destroy the church if that were something people wanted to do? Would it just be those check writers have to stop giving it? Would it be Tom Cruise saying something? Would it be the IRS revoking? (laughs) You know, I don't even I don't even know if it's healthy to entertain that question in a sense because I, I don't want to see Scientology destroyed any more than I want to see any other religion destroyed. I would like to see, uh, uh, you know, th- there are allegations of criminal behavior. I think criminal behavior deserves to be um, addressed, got rid of, stamped out. You know, I'd like there are allegations of abuse. I think abusive behavior should be stamped out. You know, I think what in terms of kind of getting Scientology, however you define it, onto a more healthy track, it yeah. would involve Tom Cruise coming out. I think that's the, coming out and saying, uh, and, and basically, if he sort of stood up and said, I'm, there are a lot of serious um, journalists, credible reports who, who are alleging um, instances of physical abuse and coercive psychological abuse. And, and I want to take those seriously and look into that. Or if he came out and said, like, I'm done with Scientology, that would inflict, I think, the most serious kind of um, – that would do the most to kind of cause them to look into their souls, I think. Do You you mentioned uh, you would like to see Scientology on a healthy track. Do you think that's even possible? I mean, let's say you got rid of the abuse somehow um, and the criminal acts ended. Is there like a healthy diet version of Scientology that might be acceptable? Uh, you know, that's a good question, and it's something I've thought about a lot. I think I, there is, in a sense, there already is, because there are independent Scientologists who practice uh, Scientology. And by the way, they give access to journalists, and, and we we even filmed with a couple. And it's striking how how they're rather sort of um, defanged and declawed and a bit bland and, and maybe not that different from many other slightly new age therapeutic practices. So, you know, I think it's a good question of whether you can uh, take the sugar out of the Coke and still have it taste like Coke. And one last question for you then, uh, piggybacking off of that. If I don't know if David Miscavige, the, the head of Scientology, will see the film. I don't know if you know if he's aware of it and he's seen it. But if you could send him a message outside of your film, what would it be at this point? I would say... Um, I would I think I would if I do you mean sort of on the record or off the record? Uh, are those answers different? Let's do both. Well, I mean, I guess <laughs> what I'm saying is like I would if I reached out to him, I would say, um, what would I say? I'd like I'd say like I'd, I'd say see the movie that I made, my Scientology movie. It's out this week. I would say uh, let's sit down. We can do an interview. I uh, get it out on the table. Talk about why you feel it's okay to. Um, run a tightly controlled militaristic, um, almost Stalinist type group in which any deviation from orthodoxy is viewed as, as betrayal. Um, you know, what is it that in you that makes you okay with doing that? And, um, you know, and, and what about these multiple credible allegations 
um, of physical abuse that you've that you, that people have said you meted out. Let's 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 get that out there and and, and uh, hash it out. So you want the real interview with the guy? Absolutely. As a journalist, as a filmmaker, you would love to just be able to ask him all these things. I think it would be fascinating. You know, I would love to follow them around and do a whole, I would do, if they were capable of giving the access, which alas, they are not, it would be amazing to see inside Scientology. And was there a different answer, like off the record? If, if you can't do the interview, what would you just want to say to him? I, you know, I'm, you know, I have a feeling he's probably seen my movie. Uh, I'm told that he's obsessively interested in the coverage they get, not to mention He's a frustrated filmmaker himself. He was a cameraman who worked with L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, Scientology, one of the reasons we made the movie the way we did is Scientology is in the business of movie making. It's a Hollywood religion that churns out um, glitzy uh, promotional videos. And I, I, think he, I think he's watched our movie and I'd like to get his informal um, reaction to it. I, I wish that would happen. That'd be really interesting. Um, Louis Theroux, thank you so much. The film is My Scientology Movie. Bye-bye. My Scientology Movie is now out in limited release in theaters, and I'm sure it'll have more access as the weeks go on. Be sure to check it out.